This is the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and you're listening to the Gospel of the Lord and the homily of Reverend Angelo Satino, pastor of Nativity of Our Lord Parish in Warminster, Pennsylvania. According to Mark. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter into it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. So when we were young seminarians in our first year, of course we were studying Latin. And I had studied Latin in high school too, so I knew a little bit about it. But they were um, teaching us the meaning of words and translation and parsing. And um, I remember we thought we were hot stuff when we would go out on our Thursday assignments because one of the words that they taught us was voco, vocare. The word vocation comes from that. And it means to call, a call. God calls. So we would go into our Thursday assignments and try to impress the kids with our knowledge of Latin. That's about all we knew. And we would talk about vocations. Vocation. To be called by God to a certain vocation in life. In his plan for the salvation of the world. You know, when I thought about going to the seminary, there were some superficial reasons about it initially. You know, I would watch the priests from afar and think, I think I'd like to do that. The sisters would impress us. You know, I wanted to help people, so I thought, well, that's the way to help them. 
I like the idea of wearing a cassock. You can tell that that wore off at some point. But there were superficial reasons, and sometimes superficial reasons are part of what begins to draw us to a certain way of life. But in the seminary, I had nine years to discern, was God calling me to this? Was God calling me to this? Not, I deserved it, I had a right to it, I wanted it. What was God calling me to this? So through the ups and downs of seminary years, sometimes feeling very confident in God's call and sometimes not being sure, I was able to discern that call. My mom, for a time, worked as a cook in a convent. And she came home one day when I was home on break from the seminary and she said, Sister Leo, Sister Leo was this little old nun who was retired in the convent, was asking about you today. And she said to tell you not to be carried forward by the thought of ordination. I thought that was quite interesting. And then I understood more of what that meant one day when one of our professors in the seminary said to us, ordination day is not priesthood. Priesthood is what we do every day after ordination day. So I had to discern the fact, this is not my priesthood. It's Jesus Christ's priesthood. This is not my church, it's God's church. So I have to remind myself constantly of that, and that I've been called by God to participate in the priesthood of Jesus Christ, to build up his church, to help to bring about the salvation of the world. I have an obligation as a priest to have a deeper relationship with the Lord because I need to lead his people. I have an obligation to God to take care of his people, to lead them in a right way to the salvation that Jesus won for them. So I need to teach. Some days I can tell you I'm very happy as a priest. I think this often. If I died today, I could thank God for a wonderful life. Some days I am not happy as a priest. But that's part of doing what God calls us to do. If I'm always happy, if everything's always wonderful, if everybody always likes me, what sacrifice am I making? I have to accept the crosses with the blessings. Because it's God who called me to live this life. Today I want to talk to you about marriage. Because as kids we were taught there were three main vocations. Priesthood or religious life, married life, single life. And regardless of what vocation we are called to, we are all called to build up the kingdom of God. Do we think about that? Sometimes wonder how many of the young couples, like we had the time to discern our call to priesthood. How many of them spend time 
asking the Lord to guide them to know if this is what is right and good for them. Is this where they are being called? Because that's how we work out our salvation in our vocation. You know, God's plan for salvation takes all of us to take our rightful place and to be responsible. And with divine assistance, I need divine assistance. So my prayer, my reception of the sacraments, I call on God to give me divine assistance to sustain me in my priesthood. I have to protect this call that God gave me. I have to do the right things, be in the right places. I have to be different somehow than you as a priest. And married people have to be different. Do you know, marriage is how two people are the very personification of God to each other. Did you ever think about you are married to your spouse to help that spouse go to heaven? I don't think many people think about that often. That's your responsibility in marriage. Now, just like me, with those superficial things that drew me, sometimes superficial things draw people to marriage. This is the thrill of being the center of attention, being engaged, planning a wedding. Physical attraction. I want to get out of the house and be responsible on my own. I want to have a partner to walk around with. I love the wedding, the whole thought of the wedding. When we have pre-cana here, I usually tell the couples that story about our professor saying priesthood is not, ordination day is not priesthood. The wedding is not marriage. And any of you who are married for any length of time know that. As married people, I'm sure sometimes you feel very loved and supported and you feel very good. And there are other days, as I say to the couples, when you won't like each other. And you need divine assistance. Married people need divine assistance. They need to call on God to assist them. I always say to them, make God a part of your relationship because there will be times in your life that you can't give each other what you need and so you need divine assistance to protect your sacrament. We need that. You need that. My being up here at this pulpit, my being at that altar... My going out to administer sacraments would mean nothing if you were not here and if you were not doing your job. If you were not living your sacrament, your vocation. As we move forward in a vocation, sometimes responsibilities become greater. When it was time for me to be a pastor, I thought about it. Did I want that responsibility? You know, it's easy as an assistant, you always say, oh, I'm sorry, you'll have to go to the pastor. Pass the buck. You know, and I did that many times. <laughs> so I decided it was time to take on, bite the bullet, take on 
more responsibility. And so I needed divine assistance even more. Married people discern is it time to take on more responsibility to have children. And some in that discernment are blessed with children and some are not. But regardless, they're called to be productive in building up the kingdom of God, to offer themselves in sacrifice in some way to spread the gospel message by the way they live. And so when we call children into existence, they are a gift from God. And we need to ask God's divine assistance to help us to treat them as the precious gifts that they are. And I'm sure you, those of you who have children and have had children for a while know some days you're happy with them and you like them and sometimes you don't. They're the sacrifices of your vocation to marriage and parenthood. And we have to accept the crosses with the blessings. But we need divine assistance to do that. How often do you recall in prayer your sacrament and your responsibility to help your spouse to get to heaven? How often do you realize that Jesus, winning our salvation, suffered and died to do it? How often do you call on God to give you the divine assistance you need to accept your crosses, your suffering. Because you know that the vocation you live, God called you to. We don't think about that often. We live in a secular world where everything's just about what we want, what we think we should have, what we have a right to. And God forbid that we use the word sacrifice in today's society. My brothers and sisters, the um, Holy Father and the bishops are going to begin this synod on the family. And I think the first thing that we need to do besides praying for the guidance of the Holy Spirit is for each one of us to meditate on our own vocation. You and I were called by God. And only with God's divine assistance will we accept that call and fulfill it with its blessings and its crosses. So today we pray for all families, whoever and whatever they are. We pray for the family of the church. We pray for the family of God. That we will realize God has a plan to build up his kingdom. God has a plan for the salvation of the world. And every one of us was called into existence individually by God and then given a vocation to do our part in building his kingdom and bringing about salvation. Only when we all, with divine assistance, accept that call and ask God the grace of perseverance to live it, will we find we are successful.